How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Senator Mike Lee of Utah wrote at one point in time that family is one of the most basic and essential building blocks of American society. And he would also mention that strong families are the best predictor of financial, emotional, and educational success. But not only that, we know even more importantly, this family is an institution that was established by God and is regulated by God through the word of God. And so we want to take a look on our podcast today, Biblical Christianity, the Biblical Christianity podcast at the Lord's prototype for the family. My name is Terrence Brownlow-Dendy. As always, I have with me my friends, my colleagues, my brothers in Christ, uh, Brother Mornay Stephanus, one of our instructors at the Texas School of Preaching, and also Brother Tom Moore, our Dean of Students and an instructor at the Texas School of Preaching as well. Brothers, good to be with you. Good to be here too. Good to be here. We're actually in Nesbitt, Mississippi this week, and so we've got the Standing in the Gap lectureship going on this week, and all of us are speaking on that. And so we're filming from Nesbitt, from the uh, Nesbitt Church of Christ, from the congregation here on this week. And so we're very indebted to the congregation for their hospitality to us and for the good work that they're doing, doing with this lectureship and also for affording us this opportunity to be able to have a space to film our podcast. So the Biblical Christianity Podcast, we want to talk about the family. The lectureship is focused on the family and so we thought that we'd go ahead and do the same theme for the podcast on this week. And so we want to look at the family, uh, the prototype, the godly prototype. We go to the Bible, of course, and what we see there is that we have everything that pertains to life and godliness. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 3, God has given us all instruction that we need in order to navigate every aspect of life that he has created for us properly adequately in a manner that is pleasing and acceptable in his sight. Mm -hmm. And that just has to be the primary objective is doing things in a manner that are, are pleasing and acceptable in his sight. And when it comes to family and of course, especially in our culture and our country, man, family has gone awry. Has it not brother Tom? It has most definitely. We live in a society where uh, a good wholesome family is almost uncommon these days. How yeah. many people in our school system have a family where they only have one mother and no father or a father and no mother. and uh, Or now, sadly, they even have two fathers or two mothers, you know. So it's a very <clears throat> disoriented, disgusting uh, family situation in our world today. And as you mentioned, the Bible has the only uh, the directions for us in our families. You know, if you start going... To the world and how they say a family is, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to get way away from the Bible. So we need to get back to the Bible, and we're going to talk about uh, three things, really, in this pro pro podcast. We're going to talk about the origins of the family, the operational authority of the family, and also the order of the family. Absolutely. When you think of 
the home, I think it is fair to conclude that the home in this nation is broken. I think this is an accurate summation uh, summation of what is happening. And the source evidence for that summation is the known adage, as goes the home, so goes the nation. When one looks at the nation and we look at the immorality that is commonplace, we look at the chaos that reigns in this nation where now you have young people running into stores and, and looting and stealing. And this is happening at such a common rate that people don't even bat an eye. We have to conclude something here, that there is something wrong, that our society is broken, and if indeed that adage is true, which it is, uh, as goes the home, so goes, or as goes the home, so goes the nation, we have to conclude that the home is broken. There's something wrong, and the key here, as Tom just mentioned, is because the directives of the home have been abandoned. God, who is the founder of the home, he's been relegated, he has been uh, substituted with man's own morals, and hence Mm -hmm. we have these problems. Yeah, I said, one thing about this is that the numbers don't lie. You know, we look at the studies and look at across the board and the consensus is out that whenever the home is being evaluated, when it's being studied, and there's several psychological entities that study the home, government studies the home, and when you see those broken homes that are not designed the way God would have them designed, and as you mentioned, Brother Tom, we're going to begin by looking at the origins of the home, mm-hmm. but we'll also look at the operational authority of the home in just a moment, and then, of course, we'll look at the order in which God expects things to transpire where a home is concerned. But when we see these things not being done the way that God says to do them, whether it be the order is not correct, you know, we're having children prior to matrimony, or whether the operational authority is not being respected, we, like you mentioned, put the Bible aside and we do this thing the way that we want to do it. We know that that turns out tragically. It always has. Whenever a man has set his mind to do things according to his own will, it's always turned out tragically. Historically, we've never seen it any other way. The book of Judges obviously is one of those epitomes of truth that teach us that whenever man do that man does that which is right in his own eyes Mm -hmm. then that's going to be a recipe for disaster most definitely Mm -hmm. so when we think about uh, divine uh, institutions you know the bible has three divine institutions that are set forth Mm -hmm. Uh, we're familiar with the government and romans chapter 13 verses 1 through 7 is a great passage on telling us that god authorizes uh government uh, we can talk more about that in a second if we choose. He also uh, instituted the church, which is the newest of the institutions. And then the oldest of the institutions is that of marriage that began back in Genesis uh, chapter 2, uh, verses 18 and following, where God instituted man, woman, or life. Uh, and he gives us a great details in how he wants us to have that marriage relationship. And so when we think about these uh, institutions, in each of these institutions that we have here in the Bible, he has given us directives Mm. on how he wants those run. That's right. There's an expectation that we operate and navigate these institutions the way the originator of them set them up right absolutely when we when we think about the home and here's a common misnomer you know that god is removed from the home you know there's a common misnomer in society mm-hmm. that god uh you know they don't want god in their home well you don't have that uh the right to say that because god is the proprietor of the home mm-hmm. he is the one who owns the deed uh on the home and so mm-hmm. uh the hebrews writer would say hebrews 3 and verse 4 you know every house is built by some man so Every honest person would readily conclude 
that your the home in which they live, the house in which they live, what did not come into existence by itself, right. right? And so the home did not come into existence by itself. That he would conclude, the Hebrews writer would, that God is the one who built everything, and the home certainly fits into into that category as well. And so, uh, as 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 Tom just mentioned, the uh, the bringing together of man and woman, the the foundation there of the home is two shall become one. The foundation of the home is, is God who created it when he brought a, a woman to man and he formed that first home. It's such a beautiful uh, a beautiful passage that talks about that, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. And so God provided, in the home, God provided for Adam someone who was like him, someone who could reciprocate his intellectual, emotional, and physical uh, and, and spiritual needs. And Adam could also propagate mankind by the decree of God. And then the home was formulated. The home was created by God. And so as it's critical for us to understand, when we look at the home, God owns the home. He owns period. the home. And, and it's incumbent upon us to respect that which belongs to someone else. And again, so many different places, God tells us that the body belongs to him. You hear people say things like, you know, my body is my own. I do what I want with it. You go over to a place like 1 Corinthians 6 and the Bible begs to differ. Your body belongs to God. Your spirit belongs to God. The Bible says that the world is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You know, the earth and they that dwell therein. This all belongs to God. The cattle on a thousand hills belongs to him. And when it comes to the family, it's certainly no different. As you articulated, Brother Mornay, God is the orchestrator. He's the divine author of the home. He's the one that solely owns the prerogative to Tell us how the home is to function, how it is to even come into existence. We see this this prototype over in the book of Genesis. And and I think about it sometimes along the lines of this great simplicity. If I applied for a job, Brother Tom, down at Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, I need some extra money, go down there, apply for a job to, to sell chicken for a little bit. Man, it, it's not my prerogative. I don't have the liberty to go back to the to the kitchen. And, and look at the ingredients they're putting into seasoning the chicken. Oh, you know, I, I got something better than that, man. You know, so pull out some stuff out of my pocket, man. Look, you know, let's do this instead. I just don't have that right to do that. That's not my institution. That's right. You know, and this institution has uh, been from the very beginning. You know, you look in your Bibles in Matthew chapter 19, <clears throat> beginning in verse 3, and we're going to answer the question of verse 3 in another podcast, but it says... Mm -hmm. And there came unto him Pharisees trying, saying, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Uh, verse 4, And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who made them from the beginning mm -hmm. made them male and female? And he said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh, so that they no more are two but one flesh, whatever God has joined together, let not man put asunder. So from the very beginning, God gave us the very foundation, the very basis of what marriage is all about. One man, one woman, separating from your, from your mother and father, being one flesh. And this has been so from the very beginning. That is the origin of marriage. Yeah, we look at just humanity as a whole, and God's our creator. He created us. Mm -hmm. So definitely everything that he has designed for the fulfillment of human life, including the family, 
again, he, he's the one that has a right to be able to orchestrate how, how the thing is to transpire, how it operates. You know, whenever, whenever you know, Mr. Ford back in I think it was maybe nineteen oh six, I can't remember. You know, created the 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 uh, combustible gasoline engine for, for for this vehicle. Man, you know, who's better going to be able to explain how this thing is to work than than Henry Ford himself? Uh, and of course, that's just common sense. And we look at the fact that in Genesis chapter one, verse number twenty six, on the sixth day of creation, God says, "Let us make man in our image, after our likeness." Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, to follow the air, over the cattle, over every creeping thing that creeps up on the earth. And so the Bible says, so God created man in his image. In the image of God created he them, male, him rather, male and female created he them. That tells us all that we need to know about who is going to be best equipped to be able to tell us how family is to work in a way that is successful. And again, the studies, the, the studies that are totally secular in their nature and their motivation bear out the same facts the Bible bears out in Genesis. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's imperative to, when we talk about Christ being the authority in the home, especially in the uh, postmodern world in which we live, we have to define what that authority looks like. Uh, if Christ is the authority in the home, authority is defined as follows. Mm -hmm. Let me just read this from uh, a dictionary.com here. It, it's the idea of being in, um, being in authority, having jurisdiction, the idea of uh, ha having the ability to make a judgment, the idea of making determinations, and being in authority in a certain realm. And so when we consider Christ and his authority uh, in the home, since, uh, you know, speaking from eternity, Christ, the incarnate, uh, is uh, God, uh, Jehovah God, uh, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, when, when they formed the home, as he said, let us make man in our image, when they formed the home, they own the patent to it, and so therefore uh, they are in charge of it. You do not, as you just mentioned, uh, Mr. Ford, you know, another motor company does not come in and change, you know, what uh, he designed. You can't do that. Uh, in fact, it is, it is not legal for you to do that. Christ owns the patent on the home. He is the sole owner of it. And man does not have the ability to come in and reorder whatever the home looks like. Mm -hmm. You do not have the legal right to do that. Uh, it, it is, it's actually uh, speaking from a uh, purely legal perspective. It's illegal because you don't own the patent. From a spiritual perspective, it is immoral uh, right. because it, it, it belongs to Christ. And so Christ has the, the ability to make determinations in the home. Christ mm -hmm. has the absolute and sole power to make determinations for the home, as, as Tom just mentioned, to give it directions. He has authority of adjudication. The Lord can pass judgment on a home. He can mm -hmm. look at a home and say, well, that is not, uh, that is not right. Uh, that is not what I desire or it is. And he also has jurisdiction, and what that means is he has the power over the home, whether you live or your home is in Buckingham Palace or it's under a bridge. Yeah. Christ has the power or the jurisdiction to be over the home in all places. Yes, sir. Brother Mornay, you mentioned that it would be illegal as well as immoral to try to usurp the Lord's authority in the navigation or the direction of the home. Not only that, but it's ineffectual. It's ineffectual. I had the opportunity at the Florida School of Preaching Lectureships uh, a number of years ago to be able to preach on why fathers fail or why some fathers fail. And the entire lectureship was on the home as well. And you know, just doing the research for that manuscript, 
and just learn some things that are absolutely devastating. And there, there are organizations and institutions out there that, that specialize in recording some of the facts and the, and the statistics in regards to broken homes. And they gave in a, a very alarming, I think it was focused on the family that had done this one. They gave an alarming laundry list of, of moral atrocities, of societal ills that are the direct result of broken homes. They talked about the number of men in prison. They talk about the number of teenage suicides. They talked about the teenage dropout rate, the teenage use of alcohol and illicit drugs, and all of those things were directly aligned mm -hmm. with broken homes where there was no father, where people had done family, if you will, in ways that are contrary to the way the Bible says mm -hmm. to do it. Exactly right. You know, and if we will want our homes to be the kind of homes that God wants, the kind of homes that's going to benefit society, the kind of homes that's going to be, benefit us spiritually, really long ago in the very beginning, he gave us the recipe for this. That's right. Look with me just for a moment as we kind of browse through uh, Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, one of the first components in a good home marriage relationship is that of companionship, right? He says, he went he was looking for a help meet for him or a help mm -hmm. suitable for him. Mm -hmm. So there is a companionship in marriage. But there's also a friendship involved. I always thought it was kind of almost comical in my mind. And Adam was looking at all the animals, and there was not a help meet for him. So what did he do? Mm -hmm. He made Eve. You know, you can say, well, dog's my best friend. Nah, <laughs> you know, it's better be your wife. That right. has been from the very beginning. There was a respect that was to have be had between a husband and a wife in verses 21 and 22. And there was a unity, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Mm -hmm. There's that unity that marriage has to have. And there is a cleaving, uh, attaching to, a gluing to. And we live in a society where they don't use very good glue nowadays. That's right. But you're going to have a gluing, and they were unashamed. But see, these are the basic tenets set out from the very beginning that if we will follow those, mm -hmm. we will have the kind of marriage, the kind of home that God desires, and one that's going to be beneficial to you, your children, and society. That's it. So we see the prototype there. We see everything that God designed the marriage to, uh, and, and the home to be. And then we begin to talk about the operational authority. Again, that authority resides in Christ. Just to double down on what Mornay said just a moment ago, Jesus Christ says in Matthew chapter 28, verse number 18, probably most of our viewing audience is familiar with this passage. This is post-resurrection. Christ has got his apostles assembled. And he says to them, first and foremost, all authority has been given unto me both in heaven and on earth. Mm -hmm. And so we're oftentimes very familiar with the great commission that comes after that, but I think we need to give some attention attention to the clear statement of authority that is preceded, that precedes that. Christ says, I'm the authority in regards to everything that pertains to heaven and earth, and certainly the family's not excluded. Yes, uh, when we as we look at that, I think the... The problem, as we see it in the society today, is not so much of a recognition of the fact, it's an adherence to the fact. It's, right. uh, I think every honest person can recognize what the Scripture says about Christ being an authority. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they uh, can readily understand the concept of having all authority or having universal authority. Mm -hmm. I don't think any sound-minded, honest person would understand that concept. 
And the problem comes in is a recognition of that authority. Man has uh, completely rejected God, and they have waved their fist in the face of Christ, and they have said, uh, we know you are in authority, but we reject that authority, and we're going to do our own thing. Mm-hmm. I think that is the uh, if uh, you know man is honest with himself, instead recognize the fact, and and also recognize mm-hmm. that that you are in rebellion to God when your home is not set up and founded upon <clears throat> the principles mm-hmm. that the Creator of the home has set up. That's right. Two quotations: one from Brother Avon Malone. Uh, great preacher preacher of days gone by he was one of our mentors and instructors at the text at the um, brown trail school of preaching years ago uh, one of my dear dear friends but he used to always say that the problem with man is not his ability to understand but his will to comply yeah. where the bible is concerned and such a good statement i've repeated that and literally scores of times since i first heard it then also albert einstein the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Look, we want a different result in our society. Our society is broken. You said that at the outset, Brother Mornay. Our society is broken right now in the United States of America. Anybody who will not recognize that is dishonest or their head is in the sand and their fingers are not on the pulse of what is going on in our culture. It is broken right now. You know, and I think also one of the problems is that uh, mankind does not recognize that everyone is amenable to God's law. Every man is amenable to God's marriage law. And so, uh, you know, in John 17, verse 2, it says that Jesus is over all flesh. Uh, I mean, that's everyone. And so uh, we've got to realize, you know, people want to really, you know, people go to marriage counselors, secular marriage counselors. Mm -hmm. They'll go to, uh, you know, man's from Mars and women are from Venus and try to get all of these ideas and try to fix their marriage. When, if they just go back to the Bible, which everyone is amenable to, uh, they would have success. I believe with all my heart, no matter who they are, man and female, man and woman, if both of them live according to biblical principles, marriage will work every single time, every time, man. No reason that it won't. Yeah, uh, and the reason, as we've stated over and over again, and certainly hopefully by the end of this podcast, anyone who walks away from it will understand that principle. It works because of who the Creator is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Creator has created all things perfect. He is the one who is who creates that which is perfect, James chapter 1 and verse 17. And when God has created the home, you can, you can be assured, absolutely assured, that it will function in perfection. The home is perfect. Those who make up the home may not be uh, living up to the standards that God has set. And so some have, have uh, averred that you know, the home uh, or marriage in and of itself does not work. Mm-hmm. This is the common consensus in today's society that marriage does not work, uh, yeah. that many marriages end in divorce. So why get married? Why not just stay and live in fornication? This is the mindset of many of our young people today. And the reason for that is is, is they look at the, the defunct state of marriage, especially in our nation where divorce rates are so high, and they conclude that marriage mm-hmm. is not profitable and does not work. No, marriage works perfect yeah. if... You follow, as Tom just said, if you follow the directives of the one who gave it, it is it is it is foolishness. Mm-hmm. It is uh, a great folly, if you will, to uh, get into a car, to buy a car, get into that car, drive to the river, 
and, and drive that r- car into the river. And when the thing sinks, you complain and try to sue the car <laughs> manufacturer and says, this thing didn't float. I'm no longer driving cars, right? <laughs> right. No, it, 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 it is, it is the, the height of foolishness. The same thing with marriage. <clears throat> you cannot abdicate and completely uh, 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 abandon the principles of marriage and then look at the institution of marriage and the home and say, well, it does not work. No, it works perfect because the God who created it is perfect. That's exactly right. And if we do it the way he said to do it, then it will work out perfectly. That doesn't mean that marriage will be devoid of any problems or any type of issues or complications or adversity. Uh, we know that it, it, that's not the case, but it certainly will work out the way that God would have it to work out. As we begin to look at our last point here, the order, the order of marriage, we've taken a look at its origins, its operational authority, and now we look at the order of things. Whenever God set the family in order, and I like pointing this out whenever I'm doing premarital counseling at BCS, we've had a lot of young couples that have joined them their lives together in holy matrimony here lately and so we've had the opportunity to do a lot of premarital counseling and one of the things i like to do is take them over to the book of genesis and really place emphasis on the chronological order of things and i'll try to help them to understand that this is not just a narrative that was put in the bible for our reading and enjoyment whenever god tells us what he tells us in these Old Testament scriptures, of course, we can can quote the passage, Romans 15, verse number four, whatsoever things are written aforetime, were written for our learning, written for our learning. So what can we learn there? Well, we see the order again of things. Always point out that first God makes man. Genesis chapter two, verse number seven, God created or formulated man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Just talking about man, Adam. All right, and he became a living being. Then the Bible talks about the fact that God had had created for him a home, a, an environment for him to dwell, a residence, the Garden of Eden. Talks about the rivers that flowed through it and the plants that were contained therein. And so he's got man, he's got a consecrated residence for him, he's got all the provisions that he needs for his physical sustenance. He gives him a law. All right, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat, shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So he gives them a law. So he got to, he's got this relationship with a man, perfectly created, perfectly, perfectly formulated. He's got everything that he needs as far as his material sustenance. And, and only then does he create him a woman, a wife after that. And so I'll tell these young men, man, you don't have a house together for this woman to reside in you don't have a job be able to put food in her gut she's got to eat and you don't have a relationship with god above all where you can lead her the way the bible tells you to you will be her head according to ephesians chapter 5 verse number 23 you're not ready exactly right you know uh, we think about that uh, order as well they need to understand their relationship to one to another Mm -hmm. Uh, we realize that the husband is to be the head of the wife Yes, Ephesians 5.23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, being himself the Savior of the body. Mm-hmm. If they don't realize that going into their marriage, they're going to have problems. It's a problem. Yes, sir. And then the wife needs to realize her submissiveness to him. Verse 22, Wives, be in subjection to your own husband, as unto the Lord. And so that relationship you were talking about in Genesis And then we have this in Ephesians chapter 5. When you put those together, that really gives you 
the really detailed order that every family needs to realize mm-hmm. to be one that's pleasing the sight of God. Exactly. Absolutely. Right. Uh, when you, uh, I want to backtrack just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about the order of the home, I think there uh, something has to be said, and, and you've heard me say this before, something has to be said about the concept of marriage. You know, Terrence had talked about the, the concept of of, of order and for a, a young man to be able to know that he can provide and do all of those things. And those are, those are critical. And you go just a little bit, st- a step backwards, take one step backwards. And when you think about marriage in and of itself is the catalyst of the home. Marriage is. That's right. Right. Uh, and a God approved marriage is the catalyst of the home. It is not two men living together. Two men living together. It's not two women living together. You can call it what you want. But that's not a home in the sight of God. Mm-hmm. But I think it also must be said, you know, uh, that some single individuals desiring to uh, formulate a home without the proper structure that God has given, uh, you know, the sentiment is certainly not denied, and the good that cannot be done is not discarded. But the bottom line is that's not God's pattern. It's mm-hmm. God's pattern for there to be a mother and mm-hmm. a father in the home. It's not. It's not His pat- uh, pattern for you to be a single parent. Every single parent that I know does not look at that uh, that situation and go, yes, it was great. I just loved raising all of these children by myself. Why is it hard? Because it's not God's pattern. But today we have individuals in and out of the church who think to themselves, well, I'm just going. I'm going to be a single mother and I'm going to adopt a child. Uh, well, that's not God's pattern because you're devoiding the child of a home structured the way God has structured it. And that's such a good point. I like the point that you brought out is. You know, generally, whenever you see a woman making mention of the fact that she reared her children by herself, whatever the circumstances are that brought that on, or you hear a child talking about the fact they were raised by a, a single mother, that's usually in the context of the hardship yes. that's associated with it. And a lot of times, athletes or whatever, you know, we overcame this. We overcame this. Well, why do you have to overcome it? Because it was a hardship. It was an adversity. And again, because that's not the way God designed it. We know sometimes that situation arises through no fault of the participants. Somebody might die. There might be a widow or a widower as a result of someone dying. And certainly that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about right, these people right. who intend and designed and desire to have a home. And we'll put that in quotation marks that is not according to God's divine design. And so, man, there's really so much more that we could say about the subject matter and, and Lord willing in the next couple of uh, lessons in the series we'll be able to do so we'll focus on the marriage in just a little while and some things like that but we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening if you're listening to the biblical christianity podcast we thank you so much our email address will appear on the screen right there where if you have any questions any comments any suggestions for a future episode please feel free to email those to us and we certainly will entertain them and try to give you the biblical answers that you're looking for on the biblical christianity podcast